Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with episode number 36 of the Yacking Podcast Show. This is where we talk about life, business, and more, and we bring you tips and ideas for the changing world we find ourselves in. As always, we have some really good guests, and today is no exception. We have a particularly interesting and experienced and professional guest but it's my pleasure to welcome Kathleen, first of all, and ask her to introduce our guest. Hi, Kathleen. Hello, Peter, and hello, everyone. As usual, we so welcome you and always appreciate your comments. So thank you so much for tuning in. And as Peter said, yes, we do have another special guest. In fact, some of you, many of you may already know her or know of her. She is, of course, Cheryl Pluff, a video marketing strategist. Welcome. Cheryl. Hi, Kathleen. Hi, Peter. Great to be here. I'm excited to dive Absolutely. into this today. So why don't we start off with um, having you, Cheryl, share with our viewers and listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, and kind of what led into this career path that you've embarked on. Well, like you said, Kathleen, I am a video strategist. And what I do is I work with entrepreneurs, small business owners, coaches, consultants, people who are looking to build a personal brand, mostly in the e-learning space. So people who need to be positioned as authorities, as a resource, as a leader in their particular industry or niche. So I am a video strategist now, but I come from broadcasting. And that was what I did professionally for, gosh, giving away my age when I say 25 years, <laughs> but I don't mind. Uh, it was a great experience and I loved being on television. However, as the world has evolved into digital, I saw an opportunity for myself to transition from broadcasting into this space, but still to be able to help people with what I know to be a very powerful communication tool, which is video. Okay. <clears throat> so... <clears throat> Cheryl, the, the website I know you from, and I am very fortunate to attend some of your training webinars, which I'm sure you'll talk about a bit later, is, is Cash In On Camera, if I've got it right. Um, what motivated you to start that yes, particular well, vehicle? Well, you know, it's interesting, Peter, because I have gone through a whole iteration of different names of things over the course of my own entrepreneurial journey. And I think a lot of people get hung up on the names of things and we want it to be perfect when we first set out doing these things, whether it's a show or a YouTube channel or a training or whatever it is. And so I have gone through a bunch of different titles, but this one, Cash In On Camera, was actually brought about by a coach who I was working with. And he was the one who brought it up. And as soon as he said it, I went, that's it. That encompasses what it is that I do. I help people to cash in on camera. And it really stuck with me. So now this is the thing that I, that I use to, to really help people understand the, the thinking behind positioning and authority and how you can actually make money from that. So that's what really cashing on camera is. It's how do you increase your authority and hence your income with video. And I love being able to help entrepreneurs to do this through content. You know, content is really where it's at, look at what we're doing from that place of what kind of value can you provide? What can you teach? What can you coach? What could you mentor on and create a digital asset around that that helps to position you this way and gets you seen by other people? Okay. So Cheryl, you've always been, you've always been successful, but it seems like in the last few months, 
um, your business really has taken off considerably. What do you attribute that to? Is it the cash in on camera uh, platform that you've built or is there a combination of things that have happened? No, actually, Kathleen, I really don't think it's the name at all. Uh, I think what's happened is that the global pandemic really brought about an, a realization for a lot of people and frankly, a vulnerability for a lot of people. And it, and it rose that to the surface. And that is a lot of people now are realizing, whether you're, again, a small business owner or an entrepreneur, coach or consultant, that their digital presence wasn't quite what it needed to be. They didn't have the content that they needed to be putting out there. They've been thinking about it for a long time. Some people come to me and have, have been, in fact, a lot of people have been following me for years and still haven't gotten to the place despite watching all my YouTube videos, despite taking trainings and courses and things from me. They're not at the place where they have um, really actioned the things that I've taught by their own admission. And so I think what has happened now is that the global pandemic has risen that to the, to the surface. And a lot of people are going, wow, I see that I have a weakness here. I need to solve this. And it's forced people to do it quickly. And like I said at the beginning of the pandemic, I said the only people who are really not truly freaking out right now over the pandemic are the people who have digital assets or who know how to create them quickly. Mm -hmm. And, and that happened to be me. I, was, I wasn't really freaking out. I was, of course, watching <laughs> what was going on, but I didn't freak out. And I just took action. So with the people that, um, as you say, watched all your YouTube videos, have learned considerably from you, but still didn't take action. I'm, I take it that those are the people that are really uh, camera shy are not very comfortable with the video platform altogether. What do you say to those people? How do you, how do you teach them to get out of their own heads and just do it? I think it's an ability and a willingness to fail. And, and this is rooted in this sense of perfectionism. I think that a lot of people hold in, in their heads and in their hearts. They want things to be perfect the first time they put them out there. But the truth is that you need to be willing to do things and have it suck at the beginning. You have to be willing to fail in the early stages. People who are not willing to do that, frankly, don't want it bad enough. And so I really think it's all about failing and being willing to do that. And that's scary. That can be scary for people. But, you know, Kathleen, I think that I deal with a different types of people, people who are introverted, maybe shy, who don't want to be seen on camera. And then I also deal with people who are speakers and authors, and they're already on stages, and they too don't have the videos or the digital assets that they need in the digital age, in the digital space we live in. So I do tend to see both of those types of people. I think that um, being afraid to fail is a, is a huge one. So Kathleen and I decided we were just going to take a chance with this and start. I think it was our third interview was a lady author and it's, it's one of our most viewed ones. And I forgot to start the recording because when Kathleen and I had been practicing earlier, she had recorded. So we went through the whole 30 minute video with no recording and she was very gracious and she said, I've got plenty of time. Let's just do it again. And we did. And it was better the second time. And we, we've made a few other mistakes, but that's how you learn. Right. So Cheryl question I wanted to ask you, we, Kathleen and I have known you three or four years, I guess we met at a networking event way back and Long put a, I'm thinking, pardon, but 
longer, I think, but probably, um... <laughs> probably. And we've, we've both followed you and spoken about you in a nice way and, and learned a lot from you. But we've noticed this year, I have particularly, and we've spoken about it recently, that you seem to have been absolutely single minded about your business this year and your, your focus has been intense. And, uh, that really impresses us. How, how do you get to that 100% single-minded focus on your business? Because we're seeing that you're, you're seeing the results and so are we. Uh, I think it's, you know, I, I've always been driven, mm-hmm. no doubt. I've always been driven. I've been driven since I was 15. <laughs> I've been working since I was 15. Initially, it was to get out of, uh, a situation, a home situation that maybe wasn't ideal. And I wanted to kind of carve out a, a different path for myself. And I felt like working was the way to do that. And I think it evolved. But if we're talking about the last few years, I started in a place where I didn't really know what the future would hold. I didn't have as clear of a point of view mm-hmm. as I do now. And I think that the point of view is not something that you can just pull out of thin air and go, oh, that's my point of view. It's something that evolves over time. And it's more about all of the different inputs that are coming into you, whether I read a book or a podcast or a, a, a guru that I follow or a course I take. I mean, all of these inputs influence your point of view in addition to your own belief system. So I feel like, and thank you both for recognizing that. It, it means a lot to me that you say that you've seen me kind of going 100% but I, I really feel like it's the point of view and my belief system is stronger now. And I think I'm more singularly focused on helping a certain type of person. I think before I was a little bit more open to helping mm-hmm. a broader range of people. For example, people who are in the e-commerce space, people who had physical products, maybe they were selling lipsticks online or they were doing this or they were doing that and come to re realize now that that's not probably is a a coach or consultant who's selling their own, likely their own products or services, maybe their own courses or programs. And it's this clarity that has come through the process of working with people, people with through the process of creating content. That's where the clarity came from. But thank you for recognizing that. Okay. I'm going to go on a little bit further on that same, down that same road. And one of the reasons I've said what I said was every email I get from you, and there's quite a few, but not to the point of irritation at all, is about what you do and how you can help me as a prospective client or customer. I I find, unlike a lot of marketers or self-employed people, entrepreneurs, you don't send us emails about things that are not relevant in the slightest. Everything you send us is valid, relevant, interesting, and makes us want to get on your Wednesday free training or go to your Facebook page. So that is is rare. That's what I'm trying to say. That's where I use the term 100% focus. So uh, well done. It, it works. Well, Peter, you know what I would say is that I've always believed in giving and and being a service-minded person in the online space, in the marketing space. There is a lot of promotional, buy my stuff kind of things out there. And I've never taken that approach. Of course, I have things to sell. (laughs) Don't we all? Of course, yes, absolutely. And And aren't we all really selling ourselves at the end of the day? Sure. And so, of course, I have things to sell, but my approach from a content perspective has never been 
on the promotional side of things. I would prefer to give, 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 be of service, 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 and have people come to know, like, and trust me to the point where when I do have something, and like you said, I do, I'm careful about how much I promote things, but I'm always service-minded. And I think that that is the better approach. Certainly for me, it feels more authentic to me because I personally really don't love selling. And, and so I always just take the approach of give, 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 to the point now where people are approaching me. In fact, I just had one before this conversation, just somebody just out of the blue. What do you do? We need to talk. Hmm. This good. happens actually quite frequently. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I like that approach. Um, and that's not to say that I don't sell things. Of course I do, but I'm very careful to know, to recognize that I've given a lot of value before I would ever try to sell something. Um. Cheryl, many entrepreneurs, um, as they get into their careers, discover that they have to pivot somehow. Um, have you noticed that about your business? Have there been any major pivots mm-hmm. in, in your business? If so, how and why do you think you needed to shift gears a bit? Well, e- even in the naming of things, there have certainly been pivots around that. This called this one year, the next year it's called something different. So I've pivoted in that area. But more recently, and coming back to the pandemic, yes, definitely have pivoted. Uh, when the pandemic happened, I was in a position where I had to, like many people, figure out a way to get the cash flow up. And I decided, I thought, well, what can I teach? What can I do? And I took a little bit of my own medicine and thought, well, I I'm skilled at this. I'm skilled at creating programs. I'm skilled at teaching, you know, I'm skilled at being able to make something of, of nothing and starting from scratch. And so I created a beta program and brought four clients in and generated around, Oh, I don't even know, maybe $12,000 in the span of three days wow. just by, just by saying to myself, well, what have I done? What could I teach that would be relevant to what's going on now? And I went for it. Wow. Very good. Very Amazing. Good. Yeah, that is you. good. That is good. Cheryl, you've given some good advice for new, younger, new entrepreneurs and <clears throat> people who want to get into business themselves. Any Anything else you would like to add to what you were talking about just now? I think it comes back to what I, what I mentioned before that we have to be willing to start. Mm-hmm. And I know that's scary. And I know that for people who want to have control over everything, that it can be difficult to do that, but it has to begin somewhere and you have to be willing to fail. The, the clarity that a lot of entrepreneurs strive to have isn't something that just happens one day. Mm-hmm. It's something that happens and evolves over the process of, in my opinion, creating content. I love to teach people how to think like content creators. And my belief is that if you have a business of your own, that you're an entrepreneur, you're selling your own products and services, you have to now behave like a mini media company. That you need to be acting like the broadcaster of your own enterprise. You have to create the buzz. The buzz doesn't just happen. You have to create the buzz. The best way to do that is through content. And the beautiful thing about content is that you can make it on your phone. It does not have to be a complicated process 
of con creating content. And we also have these wonderful social platforms. They all have apps. And, you know, one of the things I, I often recommend to clients who are starting out in video and they don't know yet how to edit a video, I say, go live stream. Mm -hmm. there, you know, you can, you can open your app. There's a little button that says go live <laughs> and you can go live. Well, so yeah. it's really that it's really about the starting process, Peter, that I think we have to keep driving home. Mm -hmm. Are, do you think that there, every business would do well having content through video? I mean, maybe some, some businesses out there saying, well, the type of business that I have, maybe not terribly conducive to having video as our marketing platform, but is that really true? Well, I think Kathleen, that what we're going to see now over the course of the next five or 10 years is that businesses who do not create content to some degree, mm -hmm. and it may be varying degrees of content creation, but videos, uh, sorry, businesses that do not create content to some degree are going to have a very difficult time surviving. Right. And the reason why is because consumer behavior is leading, there's a want, there's a desire, there is a, uh, uh, a need, a want from the consumers to consume content that's in the video format. Mm -hmm. And that is nothing to say that podcasts are absolutely effective, written content can be effective as well. I just so happen to specialize in video, but video is the closest thing we have to being there in person. Yep. So to, to answer your question, Kathleen, I think there are businesses that, listen, Maybe content marketing for a certain type of business, it, it depends, right? There's so many different types of businesses. But if we're talking about people that need to build a personal brand, people who need to be positioned as authorities online, and that that is a great benefit to the success of their business and the profitability of their business, then absolutely video is a must. So can you walk us through a little bit, Cheryl, if you know, I'm a customer, I'm a potential customer and I call you up, you, you do a lot online. So you, as, as Peter pointed out, you do give a lot online and both Peter and I have learned a lot from your videos already. But if we wanted more, if we needed more, can you take us, walk us through an example of, you know, customer calls you up and says, you know, I, I can you help me out? I, I'd love to do more video. What would that look like? I'll give you the example that really happened. Okay. <laughs> so I had someone text me. She found me on online. I don't know where yet. So we haven't had that conversation, but I will ask her where she found me because I think that that is an important intelligence for me to know. Did she find me on YouTube? Did she find me on Instagram? Was it LinkedIn? I don't know yet. She texted me out of the blue and said, I'm a coach, do you help people make videos? And that was that. So now I'm starting and these conversations are happening privately. They're not happening in a public Facebook group or in comments. They're, they're in the, they're on the DM. <laughs> That's where we are. So she wrote me that and I responded. The first thing that I do is I want to find out more. Who is this person? What is it that they do? Because the first thing that I want to understand is, can I even help them? And I'm not thinking about sales at all. That is not what I'm thinking at all. What I'm thinking about initially when someone reaches out is what free resources do I have to help this person 
if indeed they are a right fit for the type of content that I produce. That's what goes through my mind immediately, Kathleen. Mm -hmm. I go, well, I found out she's a coach. Okay, so now we're further down the path of, yeah, there probably are some things that I could provide to them. As And the conversation hasn't gone very far yet, but let's just presume that she writes back and says, oh, okay, that would be great. What I would do through the process of, and we might have a back and forth, I don't know, maybe three to six times, I might say, hey, you know what? I, I did a video on my YouTube channel that will answer the question that you have. And, right. here, and I will show there's a link. I want her to know that I provide content, that I am a resource, that I'm an authority in this area. And I want her to make her own decision about whether or not she likes and trusts me. And so I don't, I never really think about initially think about it as a, as a sale. I think about it as service. And I think that's a mindset shift that needs to happen with a lot of people because right now a lot of people are desperate. They want mm -hmm. the sales so desperately Mm -hmm. that they just go in for the kill and that actually repels people. Yeah, <clears throat> that's true. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> yeah. My internet is a little bit intermittent, but it's not too bad. So we, we will press on. What are some of the things you, you see in the next couple of years, Cheryl, because of the pandemic? I mean, we've already seen huge shifts in, in, many businesses and the way they do business. We are seeing lots of small businesses that won't restart, for instance, uh, one of, I'll, I'll give you one of my ideas. I, I believe that. I think it's. Sorry, carry on. No, no, you, you first. Go ahead. No, I was just saying so many people have found they can work from home that I see this as a salvation for many of our dwindling small towns and villages in Ontario and elsewhere. Australia is seeing the same. You know, if there's a good internet connection <clears throat> and you don't have to go to an office, <clears throat> excuse me, you don't have to commute. You can have a better quality of life for your kids. So I, I, I see that that shift will, will move people and costs are so much lower in the small property prices in the small town. What other significant changes do you see coming out of this, particularly in your line in online stuff and video stuff? I think that over the last many months since the pandemic, what happened was a lot of people were forced to use video as a lifeline, yep. a lifeline for their lives, personally and professionally. And in the course of doing that, what happened was we were all subject to and subject to, and also privy to people being in their home environments, in their natural habitat, whether it be mm -hmm. like we are, we're all at home. Yep. And there's a certain sense of authenticity around that. When you're in your home environment, it's like, this is where you're comfortable. This is where you live. And if we look at the celebrities who have had to, Ellen DeGeneres, for example, Jimmy Fallon, all of the, the late night talk show hosts, you know, all doing shows from their homes, we have been accustomed, we're accustomed to that now. And yes. I think that it was refreshing in many ways. Sure. The, my feeling is that the, the photoshopped, glamour perfection of the online space and the people posing with Lamborghinis. <laughs> and it, I think that's all gone. Mm -hmm. I think what we're going to see now is a, a want and a desire for a continuation of the authenticity that we've been privy to over the last many months to recognize that they can save money by having their staff work from home. And I've seen, and I can't remember which company it was. It was a large company that I read an article about that, said 
they're just going to have everyone working from home <laughs> from now on. So more and more companies are seeing that they can save money that way. It's going to become a normal course of, of, of action. We're going to see more and more of that. So authenticity is going to spill in and already had been spilling in even before the pandemic into content, yep. but now it's just pushed it ahead by about five years I completely understand that. I think people do want authenticity and they'd like to see, get some insight into your own personal mm-hmm. space and how you live and, and just it, it gets them to know you a little bit better on a more personal note. I, I don't know. It's just my opinion on that. Do you, yeah. you agree, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, this is where I do most of my videos and I don't know if you heard, but my husband was down here making himself a coffee <laughs> so <laughs> it's just how we roll and you'll often see a cat the cat will walk over to the door and, and you'll jump up on the chair this is life this is just this is working from home and I don't try to hide it. Uh, it it's just a part of what it is it's just a part of what it is and it's interesting that people people don't mind it if anything I think that they almost appreciate yes. the authenticity and realness of that Absolutely. No, you're, you're definitely right on that one. I'm going to go back to a quick one to something you were talking about earlier when Kathleen asked you about do all businesses, should all businesses be in video? And I was thinking to myself that there's some ones who at first you thought wouldn't be interested, but a lot of farming suppliers, suppliers of farming equipment, for instance, and chemicals, best uh, I've seen quite a few videos on how to do something. So instead of getting in your truck and driving 40 kilometers to the dealer, they can just say, well, we did a video on that. So if you want to change that filter on that machine, here's the link, boom, or something, how to calibrate a planter, which can be really technical. Here's a video, you know, spend 10 minutes, take your phone with you while you're at the machine. So there's some huge applications that um, if we just start thinking about these things that are, are possible. What about, Kathleen, sorry, I was going to jump in, but have you got something else you want to ask Cheryl quickly? Okay. I was just going to ask Cheryl on Go the ahead. hardware side, on the hardware side, uh, technology is advancing so quickly. What do you see coming up in the way of hardware? Um, and I'm thinking of screens or no screens. Um, do you see any major developments in the future that will make life both for viewers and creators of video content better and easier? I've always pri- I've always focused on efficiency and streamlining and fewer tools. Mm -hmm. And although I follow a little bit on the technological side, I don't necessarily consider myself to be a technological wizard on the, on the hardware side of things. Having said that there are some recommendations, right? I think that with regard to entrepreneurs or coaches who want to really do a a good job of creating videos and want to be consistent, which are the things that I preach, you want to have a simple setup to do it. You do not necessarily need to have a very complex setup. If anything, having things more complex will maybe take you away from wanting to use it because there may be an intimidation factor there. I always recommend certainly the phone. I love the, this webcam. It's called the 4K Brio from Logitech. I have this, which is a, mm-hmm. for those listening, you can't see it. But watching, it's a, it's a Yeti microphone. That's a USB microphone that I plug into my MacBook. 
that's pretty much all I really need. I, I use Camtasia as a desktop mm-hmm. editor on my computer. I often, I will use apps, video editing apps. There are two that I love, InShot and Video Shop. Other than that, <laughs> I can really make pretty much any video that I need. Sometimes I will enlist my husband to help me on certain projects. So for example, the video that I did, which now on YouTube is approaching half a million views. Wow. I asked him to help me with that one because there were certain angles that I needed to capture that I wasn't yep. able to capture myself. So sure. I had to enlist his help. But other than that, really, I, the majority of my videos are made on my smartphone. Really? Wow. <laughs> that's, that's very impressive. Yeah. Go ahead, Kathleen. Well, Cheryl, we're running low on time. So would you let us know how our listeners and sure, viewers I think the best way is just to go to my website, CherylPluff.com. There you will find a list of resources, some of which I've mentioned here. You will also find my blog, which houses all of my weekly YouTube videos, which are published every Thursday. You will find a variety of other resources and offers such as an implementation call where I jump on a 60 minute zoom call to help do a digital audit for you and then implement some action steps right away and also map out your strategy. So a variety of things there, I would say go to CherylPluff.com to learn more about me. And then the second way would be, I do a free live training every Wednesday at 3 PM Eastern time where I open up my calendar for 30 30 to 40 minutes and you can register for that. It's zoom.cashinoncamera.com, zoom.cashinoncamera.com. It's a Zoom meeting and it's interactive and you can join. We send out friendly reminders every week with different topics and we also solicit ideas from our audience to say, what types of trainings do you want next? But that's been a really interesting development that people have really enjoyed getting on these quick trainings to be able to learn some actionable things that they can implement right away and also be part of our cash in on camera. Excellent. Well, it's been an absolute honor having you on this, uh, on our show, Cheryl. So thank you so much for joining us and thank all of you for tuning in. And once again, we do appreciate all of your comments. So keep them coming. Peter. That's it for today. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you so much, Cheryl. And until next time, that's another episode of The Yacking Show. Goodbye.